All right, and we are back with the Failed It podcast. I am your host, Michael Dover, and uh, we have two more people here to talk about failure. If you guys want to introduce yourselves. Hello, my name is Dalton. I'm a communication major, and I like to party. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hey, my name is Carla Archer. I am a senior elementary education major. And uh, before this one, I have to give a preface, a preface that I am not responsible for anything that Dalton says or does during the course of this podcast. And neither am I. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a determinist, aren't you? <laughs> uh, well, I, I am whenever I can be held responsible for my actions. I claim determinism. It's like pleading the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha. Well, um, so anyways, we're not here to talk about determinism. We're here to talk about failure. And so uh, let's just let's just begin with that. So how would you guys uh, define failure? Uh, oh, that's a that's a hard question, Michael. Yeah. Car- <laughs> uh, Carla, how would you define failure? I would define failure as well. First of all, the opposite of success. So. Well, now we have to define success. I know. I know. That's that's the issue here, Dalton. So. Yeah, success, I think, would be achieving the goal that you set for yourself or that others have set for you. So failure would be failing to or not achieving that goal or that standard. That's good. That's Thanks. really good. Yeah, yeah, I agree with her. Oh, really? agree. You just mm-hmm. retweet cop that. Out. Yeah, retweet. <laughs> RT. <laughs> nice. I like it, too. Nice cop out, Dalton. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm here for the witty banter. Right. Not to right. answer important exactly, questions. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, so so what is an example of failure for you guys? What's the time that y'all have experienced failure in your life? Donald, I'm sure that's hard for you to pick from. Every day. Yeah, no, it, <laughs> it really is. Like, I know you're saying that as a joke, but I legitimately <laughs> have been racking my brain for the past hour trying to pick the particular failure mm-hmm. to talk about. I'm, I'm going to talk about one that happened to me most recently. Okay. So I was at my the very last debate tournament of my career recently, a couple weekends ago, and so I go into it like I have to win. Because it's my very last one, and if I don't win, that means I lose. Right. And then life That's is essentially pointless at that deduction. point. Yeah, it is a logical deduction. You don't <laughs> have to be a philosophy major to figure that out, do you, Michael? No, you don't. Anyway, so the, the way it works is it's kind of like, uh, you know, they have their preliminary rounds, and then they go to like a single elimination bracket. Mm-hmm. Well, I go into, uh, I advance past uh, the preliminary rounds, and I'm in the elimination rounds, and the very first elimination round I have is against someone from my team. Uh, someone from my team who who I'm better than, um, and anyway, real, real humble. Yeah, well, it it was a it was really humbling at least because um, all three of our judges voted for him as opposed to me. Oh dang! Because I won't go into too much detail about it, but there was one particular argument out of like twenty mm-hmm. that we were talking about, and I forgot to touch on it in my last speech. And pretty much every single judge told me that's what they voted on. So oh, five, wow. five five seconds worth of talking. And really, they didn't even vote against me because I lost the argument. They voted me down because I didn't bring it back up and didn't answer what he said. Oh. So 10 seconds of my time, and uh, I could have won the whole thing. Man. So anyway, that, that's the time that I failed most recently. To, uh, stung to, a little to bit. put this in perspective, give your uh, national debate credentials. Yes, yes. I, I am uh, credentified, uh, <laughs> both in the state of Texas and in the United States of America. I've, I've uh, been doing debate for six years. Um, my senior year of high school, I won a Texas State Championship, and in the sophomore year of my, um, oh, what do they call that thing, college, of my collegiate debate career, I won a national championship. So, so I'm no joke. Yeah, so so this is an interesting uh, scenario that I don't think we've had on this podcast yet. You're someone who's uh, 
had a lot of success at debate. Oh, yes. I, I would um, say that. Definitely. And in this moment, you you had a, a major failure. Did Was this yeah. something that, like, you kind of... Uh, what do you, what do you think like looking back to this is some, is this something that like you you're like oh I should have done that or oh, it was kind of well no I mean it's partly I definitely should have made that argument but that happens in a lot of debate rounds even even people who are really successful in debate you know because debate is so subjective and it's judged by human people mm-hmm. you know debate is almost kind of like poker if you're really good at it you'll win more often than not but you still need to expect to lose a lot mm-hmm. and I have. Um, but in this particular one, it, it, it stung a lot because it was from my uh, my teammate, you know, a real Civil War moment. Um, <laughs> and and it, it, like I said, it was also the very last round of, of what is likely the end of my debate career. Oh, yeah. So that, that's why that one came to mind in particular. It was, uh, you know, the, the grand, grand finale went out with a, with a little whimper. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, to actually answer the question, I definitely should have made that argument, but... I mean, you know, since it is so subjective, you never know what people are going to vote on. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to, to gamble, like I was saying, and, you know, pick and choose which arguments you think aren't going to matter and which ones do. And uh, I just chose wrong. Yeah. Which happens a lot in debate, actually. I understand. That's similar to a, a story that I've, I've already told on this podcast, but, like, I lost the, the last uh, match of my wrestling career mm-hmm. uh, in, in a really heartbreaking way. And so I imagine that's kind of the same sort of scenario for you. Yeah, was... it, it was the worst two hours of emotional pain in my life before I got over it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's a good story. I really like that. So like, what was the, even the, um, like fallout with people around that was, was the person who beat you? Were they like arrogant about it? Were they understanding? Oh, no, he was, was it... um, me, me, me and this person are, are very, very close. And so, that, that was one upside to it, was, mm-hmm. you know, if someone had to beat me out of my last tournament, I'm glad it was my friend and not mm-hmm. some other stupid idiot. Um, but <laughs> no, good. it was, it, it, I think it was a very humbling moment, kind of, for both of us, because going mm-hmm. in, I, I felt just kind of a little sick about it, because this is something, like, winning this tournament is something that meant a lot to both of us, and, you know, only one of us was going to go forward. But uh, some of my other team teammates that were helping him out uh, were telling me he was terrified going in. Yeah, um, which made me was, feel better. Was he about also it. a senior? By the way, uh, we're all seniors here. Yeah, yeah. No, he's for, uh, for the viewers' purposes. He, he's a junior, so he he does get another go at it. He actually he actually got knocked out in the next round. Um, but no, it was a little different than most other failures too, because usually the way I like to see failure is not as a failure, but as a learning opportunity. Right. That's a that's a public relations term for you guys. Um, <laughs> but thanks for that, Dalton. Anyway, I usually try to look at my failures and see how did I fail and how could I fix it going forward. Mm-hmm. But but there is no forward now. Like that was that right. was it. That was the culmination of it. So there's not really much I can take with that information and do with it, uh, which is kind of upsetting. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah. No, I understand. And that's like, that's what I was like with with my like wrestling loss. It was like, mm-hmm. oh well, I'm never gonna wrestle again. So this just stings with no upside, really. Yeah. <laughs> but in a way, I think there there's still some form of growing in that even just even just in being a person now that has a failure like that like a failure that really does seem kind of meaningless right I think that like it can be meaningful uh just in a way of like you can now 
make something of it as a person, as what you are. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, if you're into the whole meaning and personal growth thing, sure. <laughs> oh, but, but, but I'm kidding. I, I would say it, it matured me uh-huh. a little bit because um, I, I do have, as I know this is going to surprise both of you guys, I have a tiny bit of an egotistic and arrogant streak. <laughs> and so it was... Um, yeah, just, just a little Just tiny a tiny bit. bit. Just a tiny bit. And so it, it was probably good for me to get knocked down a little bit of a peg. That's uh, good. That's really like big of you to like notice that in yourself. You know? Yeah, Michael, I'm a real big guy. I am now the humblest, greatest person in the entire world. Yes, that's... <laughs> yeah, that's good. But, that's but anyway, good. I'm glad you think that. Car- Carla has a story, yes. too. So Carla, so... <laughs> <laughs> Carla, so, uh, yeah, what's an example of failure for you? So, mine's a little different from yours in that from both of you and that it wasn't like the end of something so I did get to use it as like a learning experience and a growing opportunity but um I had wanted to participate in the Disney college program since I found out about it in high school and so I kind of honestly forgot about it freshman year of college or just like didn't think about like I didn't know how to apply or what that looked like so it was the fall of my sophomore year that I got on and I applied and within a day or two I got a phone interview or a web-based interview first and I was like so excited I um it's really quick explain what the Disney yes, program is right. for us so the Disney college program is um an internship for college students you can go work at Disney World or Disneyland and um you're there for like either a semester or you can be there for a little bit longer for like the extended program um, through the summer or um, there's like the fall program or the spring and it can start um, during like the break or just be like during the semester. And so you can have different roles and I applied for merchandise and um, character performer mm-hmm. and all these different roles. Um, there's like... And what did that like? So what did the program like mean to you? as well so like what was what was kind of your stake in that like in in wanting to be in it yeah yeah so I have always just really loved Disney movies and Disney World Mm -hmm. going with my family and just like all the memories there and when I found out about this opportunity for college students I was like man don't want to waste this because you're only (laughs) in college for a short time Mm -hmm. and like what an incredible opportunity just to like go try something out and not like just you know take a big step of like faith and move to Florida after you're done with college and try to get a job and like yeah. let it lead somewhere. I was like, this is a cool experience just to have for like a short term, but mm-hmm. and then also get to like just have fun in the parks for when you're not working. You get to go to the parks for free, and I was like, that's yeah, awesome. That's because really wow. do they give you I guys fast that. passes? Yeah. Well, wow. <laughs> mm, actually, it depends. It depends. Oh, okay. I'm <laughs> yeah. Sorry. There's Please some. Continue. No, you're good. There's some things, but. <laughs> Yeah, it was just, like, an incredible experience that I knew I really, like, wanted to try for. And mm-hmm. so I – and a big dream of mine was to be a character performer, which is, like, somebody – there's face characters or fur characters, someone that that is friends with – I have air quotes here um, – <laughs> friends with the Disney character that gets to meet guests um, mm-hmm. from all over the world and just make magic for that's them. The, that's the Disney term for – Friends with, yes. Yes. Yeah, for yes. you are that character, correct? Um, you can't say that legally, but... Well, I probably can. I don't work there anymore. <laughs> okay, but... Oh, we're jumping the gun. They don't even know 
the failure into the success. But anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm on the edge of my seat. Um, yeah, so I applied and got the... What I really wanted was the character performer, and I got the web-based interview, but for the character performer, you have to go to an audition. It's the only role that requires a little bit extra step, because they need to see you, like, acting and dancing and all that for them to offer that that kind of role. And so I got the web-based interview, and immediately after the web-based interview, there's just some questions online, and it's kind of like, it's not, you're not even talking to a real person, it's just answering questions, and if if you answer the questions the way they want you to, you move on to the phone-based <laughs> interview, so you know immediately that you get the phone interview, and that's the last step, and so I knew I got So the, it's like automated? Yeah, the, oh, cool. the web-based one is yeah. automated, but the phone interview is a real person, yeah. and Dis- so I was like... Disney's oh. so advanced. Yeah, <laughs> so I get to talk to like a real person that works at Disney, and um, get to the phone interview, and so I hadn't had the phone interview yet, but I was talking to people that I knew that had done the program, and they were like, yeah, a lot of people, when they get to the phone interview, like, we don't know people that haven't got in after that, and I was like, sweet. So I went to Dallas and did the character performer audition, and was just super pumped, thinking I was going to get to... So you did get through the phone interview. I was like, yeah, I got to the phone interview, and I had the interview, and I thought it went really well, and I was talking to my friends, and they had given me advice of, like, certain things to, like, talk about in the interview or just kind of helping me prep for it. And so I thought it went really well, but I hadn't heard yet if I had got a position. And so um, without knowing if I had been offered a position or not, I went to Dallas hoping that I could be a character performer and went to the audition and um, was just... Super excited because I have dance experience and um, some acting experience, not a lot. And then, like, um, they just have you, like, read lines and and also just they tell you to think of a character that's a fur character so that you don't see their face. And you have to use, like, all these animations like you would in a parade. And so Mm -hmm. it was a super fun experience. And I was pretending to be Minnie Mouse and I was, like, just loving it. And then I got cut on the first round. And... I had just driven five hours. I mean, several people got cut on the first round, so it wasn't like I was alone. Like, it was really hard to make it to the second round, but I was just really disappointed um, because I, yeah, I just come just for that. And And drove five hours. Yeah, and then had to drive five hours back, and that wasn't the fun part. Um, I was just like, well, I'm glad I tried, and I could still get a position with something else, like merchandise or whatever. Walk Um, us through, like, that that like, process of, like, finding out you got cut, like, having to drive all the way home, like, what were you thinking, feeling? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I stopped and got Cheesecake Factory first, so that <laughs> helped ease the pain, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's good advice. It's like, a little, for the stomach. A little, a little cheesecake a little bit always, of cheesecake, yeah. you know, help a failure. Yeah, so <laughs> Cheesecake Factory is my number one suggestion, but, um, I was I'll like, we don't have Cheesecake, failure we don't have food. Cheesecake Factory anywhere near us, so I was like, mm-hmm. Not quite worth five hours, but almost. Mm-hmm. So, or ten hours total. So it was just, that was, I just tried to have a good attitude and make it, like, a fun, it was a fun experience, and so I just took it as, like, wow, like, if I ever decide to come do this again, then now I know what this process looks like. I can work on this and try to be more, like, work on animations and acting and things like that. Um, I didn't really even have, we did some dancing, but it wasn't, like, anything like I do like, on the school dance team, it was just, like, simple dance moves, so I didn't really need to work on that part, yeah. and so I knew that going in, so I was, like, I wasn't worried about that part, it was just more of the, just, like, presenting myself, and, like, just being super big and larger than life, and so 
um, it was just a good experience, and I had fun, and so I just was telling myself it was worth it, and um, I could try again, and I still had hope that I would be offered a different position and maybe um, be able to extend my program and audition while I was there or something mm-hmm. and try to try again. But then I found out, like, towards the very end of the like the window of, it, of them telling people, I found out that I wasn't offered a role. Um, and I had like just made the dance team at this time, so I was like, well, maybe that's okay because I would have had to like leave mm-hmm. UCA right after like making the dance team. And so I was like, I'll try again. I mean, I was upset that I didn't, I got that far and had like put that much into it and had, so, I was so excited and then found out that I didn't get offered anything. Um, but yeah, I applied again. Well, so. Yes, sorry. Don't skip over that. Yeah. Let, yeah. Like, so uh, what what did you feel in that moment? Like, that's, I noticed you, you did highlight a, an interesting coping mechanism of just like, well, I made the, I made the dance team, right? And mm-hmm. kind of like spinning it into a good. And I think that's, that's really cool. That's a good thing to do when we experience a failure. But yeah, walk us through a little bit more like with that specifically, like you, you know, you didn't get into the particular thing that you wanted, but then you didn't get in at all. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I think the the initial failure of the character performer audition kind of helped ease the next part because I was like, well, I was already not getting the ideal role that I wanted, mm-hmm. so I can try again and, and audition again for that. Um, and I, I did tell them on the phone, like during the phone interview, I had told them about... Um, just making the school dance team and how I wasn't sure like what that would look like and so I was like well I probably did this to myself like telling them that you know (laughs) like maybe they thought I was gonna not accept it and so Mm. might as well not waste the offer on me and I was just thinking stuff like that like it was it was my fault at first I was kind of taking like I shouldn't have brought that up um but then I was like no I really am excited about being on the dance team so it was a good thing I think that it just wasn't the right timing and so I just began to realize that it was, it all worked out, and I could try again. Um, That's really cool. Later. I think your your story highlights a lot of really good coping mechanisms of, like, <laughs> food, <laughs> food. Cheesecake. <laughs> First thing you did, you're like, okay, I'm grabbing some food, right? And that's that's good, because, like, maybe take a minute, calm down, like, treat yourself to something nice. Treat yourself. It's never right? a wrong time to eat. <laughs> yeah, never <laughs> a wrong time to eat. And then, like, you know, your instant reaction was, like, kind of, like, blame yourself but in a way it seemed like you spun it into like thinking of ways that you could have done better maybe Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out where the interview went wrong where the things that you did like where you can improve right Mm -hmm. things like that and then you were like spinning it into a good of just like well I made the dance team right and Mm -hmm. so like I wouldn't have been able to do that I would have had to give this up so you know both ends are happy essentially right and so I think that's really good. I think that those are some really excellent coping mechanisms that we can use and learn from. But anyways, you can finish your story. So there was another <clears throat> failure that was almost harder that came when I applied the second time. Um, I didn't even get offered the web-based interview, which is the first step, as you okay. heard from the first story. Yeah. And my application was almost the same if not a little bit better I had more things to add to it of like things that made me more qualified I had I was more willing to accept like a 
more of like a wide variety of roles that mm-hmm. I wasn't willing to accept in the first place because before I was kind of snooty and was like, I want to be a character performer or merchandise or <laughs> um, a character attendant or children's activities. But this time I was like, I'll do food, I'll do custodial, I'll do anything. <laughs> like, I just want to be there. And then they didn't offer me an interview at all. And I was like, well, just kind of waiting, like, what, like wondering why it wasn't coming because I thought it was so much better this time. And I just was confused. So do they not um, send you like a rejection letter? You just have at to at the like, very wait end of the wonder. process. Yeah, they're oh, like, okay. you're no longer being considered. And I'm like, oh well, hmm. okay. I kind of figured because last time it was like within a week <laughs> that mm-hmm. I had like gone through the whole mm-hmm. process, and this time I'd been waiting and waiting. And so I just that one was hard because it wasn't like logical to me. It just didn't. I didn't really know what caused it, and so. um it almost made me want to give up because I didn't want to, like, go through it again, like, trying mm. the same thing or trying to make it better and then still not getting the results that I wanted. And so that one really felt like a failure more more than the first one where it was, like, that was a learning experience and it was not the right timing and I could try again. This one was, like, um, you've, you've tried yeah. harder and you've failed harder. <laughs> you didn't even get an interview this time. And yeah. so it was hard. That's... That is hard. Yeah. yeah. But like you learned from it. You, you know, you, you, tried to improve. you tried harder, you tried to improve, and then you didn't even make it to the next, to yeah. the step that you did last time. And thing. so yeah. I don't, there's still no, I really don't have a reason to explain it. I think some people have <laughs> said that there might be, like, it's just like a lot of people apply. It's different every semester. Mm-hmm. A lot There's a lot of people that accept applications, a lot of people that review them. So it's just like no telling. But I still knew it was something I really wanted to do. I had friends that had, like, I had more friends that had, like, participated in it and loved it, and it made me, like, want to do it that much more. And so I applied the third time, the fall of junior year. I was still on the dance team at this point. And within a week, I had the web-based interview, the phone interview, and was accepted into the Disney College program as a merchandise cast member. That's awesome. And I didn't even audition for the character performer role this time because that was like, I mean, that was part of the failure, I think. I was like, I'm not driving to Dallas again just to get (laughs) cut. And so I didn't even put myself out there, and I have a little bit of regret about it, but I love my job as merchandise. It was Mm an awesome experience, and my dance coaches were super supportive of me leaving since I had put that much time into the team already. They were Mm -hmm. supportive of me leaving and coming back without, like, considering quitting. So, because I'm, like... You're not supposed to like quit the dance team and then come back, but it was like I stayed. I finished out that semester, and then didn't go to nationals with them that year. I went. I went to see them at nationals because they were in Florida, and so was I. But um, as soon as I got back, I jumped right back into practicing with the team and got to still do it. So that's awesome. That wouldn't have happened if I would have done it right after I made the team. You know, <laughs> yeah. I would have like pieced out. <laughs> right. Well, so. That's that's a really great story. I really like that, um, and we we've kind of addressed this a little bit, um, but like what what can we learn from our failures? Like, isn't that the whole point with failures? Is that <laughs> you learn from them? Yes. Well, I mean, I mean, yes. I guess, but you what? Learn <laughs> everything that's wrong, I suppose. I have. Uh, I'm taking, or I guess I was taking a class where we talk about like some public relations and crises. And, and all those sorts of things, like when really bad things happen, like an Exxon Valdez spill that an organization has to deal with. And uh, what they tell us is that 
when things go right and go well, if they go well for long enough, uh, you stagnate, you stop growing. Uh, it's a, if it's not broke, don't fix it sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and failure is really um, what can turn you onto those blind spots uh, in your in whatever sort of activities you're doing. So mm. f- failure is almost kind of like, yeah, that's really you, good. you know, someone walking up and knocking on your door and handing you a paper saying, here's what's wrong, fix it. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of stings and it hurts, obviously, but I think that's also what makes it useful. That's really good. Yeah, because I think, like, we can we can have a lot of blind spots and be successful, but then, like, failure makes us, like, forces us to reevaluate ourselves. Like, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's really awesome. Yeah, everything I say is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think... You have been humbled, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really, it really worked. That's what he learned. Um, I think going off of that, with my second one that I mentioned that I didn't really know, the first time I was like, okay, how do I better myself? The second time I said, like, I don't know, I, I thought it was better. Like, it made me reevaluate how much I wanted it instead of, like, how hard did I try? I was just like, how much do I want it? Is it worth like, trying again, even though I don't have any, like, tangible way to improve, and so I think failure can also teach you that, like, just how much do you want something, and how hard are you going to, like, persevere, right, so, it can make you, like, reassess your values, even of, like, mm-hmm. do I want to drive to Dallas this time, <laughs> yeah, I was like, nah, <laughs> merchandise would I'm be good. cool, I'll settle, you oh, know. because at, I forgot, at that point, I had already knew that I'd been offered merchandise, and so, okay. I was like, I'm in, I could go to Dallas and maybe get a different position, but I'm happy with merchandise, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. So, I didn't. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. Man, I didn't know Disney got so much free labor from college students. Right? It's not free. They pay us. <laughs> oh, they pay? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know Disney paid any of its employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we got paid and we got to go to the parks for free. It was a pretty sweet deal. Yeah, that is pretty sweet. So, did you, did you get a fast pass? <laughs> <laughs> See, I think... I got fast passes when my family came. Oh, so you happened. had like leftover like, fast passes? Hmm? Was it like they gave you fast passes when it your was family like, came? Or your family bought fast passes? No, they don't buy them. It's like if you're staying in the resort. And so they were staying in a resort. And I stayed with them. So we all got... Like I made the fast passes for my family. And I think... Well, we could use fast passes too. But you just can't... If you're not staying in a resort, you can't like book them as far in advance so we had them but usually like the good ones were gone mm. but i mean when you live there you know the like good times to try to go to rides when it's not as crowded or you like just i bet that'd be nice yeah <laughs> or you just don't mind waiting because you have all, like all four months you know what i mean mm-hmm. so you like just hang out with your friends and talk while you're in line and it's not a big deal but yeah it's yeah. cool if you're the type of person who has friends <laughs> <laughs> No, that's hard for you to conceptualize, Dalton. There's lots of things I can't conceptualize. <laughs> well, so one one last question: uh, Should we be afraid of failure? No, I, thought, I think we already made that pretty clear. Like, <laughs> how failure can be a good thing. Uh, oh, I mean, obviously we shouldn't be afraid of failure, and sometimes that really doesn't help. Mm-hmm. The idea that we are afraid of failure, like, I I always try to take my failures in stride, but that doesn't change the fact that I don't like failing, and mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I really go out of my way to avoid failing, even if that means making maybe not the best decisions, and uh, I, I think it's just a matter of being conscious of the fact that maybe failure isn't necessarily a good idea, and I believe it was Michael <laughs> Scott 
who said that Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% <laughs> of the shots that you don't take. Yep. <laughs> and I'm going to leave it Wayne at that. Wayne Gretzky. Okay, Not nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you, Dalton. That's that's a very good way of putting it. I think that's the first time you've ever said that, Michael. Yeah. Yeah, it probably is, you know. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> but... Finally sensible for once. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for uh, coming on to uh, the Failed It podcast. and. Um, Oh, no problem. It was an excellent failure. <laughs> <laughs> Coming onto the podcast itself was a failure. For well, you. yeah, isn't that what it's all about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, anyways. <laughs> Thank you guys for uh, coming. I was, I was happy to have you here. and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Yes, thank you. Well, we're going to be on again. No, you guys aren't. Uh, okay. All right, well, see you. <laughs> see you. All right, we are back with the Failed It podcast. I am your oh-so-temporary host, Michael Dover, and I have two more people here to talk about failure, so if you guys would just introduce yourselves. You want me to go first? I'll go first. <laughs> Hi, my name is Lauren Markovic. I'm a sophomore here at UCA. Um, I'm a marketing major, business school, awesome. Um, Very cool. Yeah. Okay, my name is Jacob Christie, and I am a psychology major. Um, I am a junior this year, moving into my senior year next. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so how would you guys define failure? Mm, okay. Well, failure to me is uh, the uh, – failure is, is the, the, the opposite of success. It's the – it sounds so funny to say that, but it's, it's, it's the lack of something happening that, that you want to happen. So it's, it's a denial of your expectations. Hmm. Yeah. You took the words right from my mouth. I was going to say it's a lack of doing your best and being the most successful I think that you can be. Yeah. Okay. That's really cool. So I think, yeah, so it's like a, we, sometimes we set certain expectations for ourselves, and then we might fail to live up to those expectations, I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, failure can in, in some ways be subjective in that sense, right? Like we we fail to live up to our own expectations or even other people's expectations, um, something like that. And I so, totally agree. Yeah. 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 Um, and so what's uh, like an example of a time that you guys have failed? Okay. So I'm the, the volunteer coordinator for the Bear Central's Food Pantry upstairs. And very cool. I, I learned a, a very harsh lesson this last semester. I had um, been entering, we, we, we typically, whenever we get into donations, we measure it by weight, and that's how we—that's kind of like our benchmark for how well we're doing in terms of donations. And it turns out, after this last semester, I had been measuring weight in such a wrong way that we had our total amount of weight incorrect, but the way we had been going about it had been incorrect. So, uh, long story short, after a very stressful four hours, um, we managed to create this new system, which, uh, out of our failure. You know, we were man we managed to create this new system that was not only just as good, but infinitely times it, it was so much better than what we had come up with the first time. Hmm. So, uh, long story short, it was it was a it was a it was a really uh, rough failure for me that had actually ended up turning out to be a, a wonderful success. Oh, very cool. So, like, what was the uh, kind of like you're saying? It was like a measuring system, a way that you 
um, weighed the food. Correct. Did, were, were you the person who like develops that or was it just a way that you guys were doing it? Well, it was just a way that we were doing it. We mm-hmm. thought we found something that worked. And So what uh, was it? Do you mind explaining to us? No, 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 absolutely not. So what this was, was uh, for every time that, that somebody brings something in, say like a, a six pack of Coke or mm-hmm. something like that, uh, we have a scale that we put it on. And with the scale, it would come out to, I don't know, a couple pounds, two or three pounds. And we would put this into our computer through a uh, through a, a, another third-party system. And uh, we thought that, I thought that we were <laughs> measuring the weight in such a way that, that we could specifically say that on this day, we this weight was cataloged, and this day, this weight was cataloged. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that we had just been adding on to this amalgam of weight for this one particular day, instead of it actually being in such a way that it had been on this particular day and then this particular day. So our, our weights were, were off in the way that this one month we would have this how many ever thousands of pounds, and this next month it would only be several hundred pounds. <laughs> so, yeah. And and when I learned about this, I was like, I, I, I was just, just so stressed, and, and I thought, yeah. oh, wow. It's catastrophic failure. It's never going like, to get... Why is, why is there this huge weight discrepancy? Right, yeah, like, exactly. Charts so, are going like this, you yeah, know, like up and, and down and up and down. Well, and we managed to get it to such a way that we, we had our, our an accurate amount of total amount of weight for the mm-hmm. pantry, but it wasn't broken down in such a way that we could break it down by months. Gotcha. So it was accurate in a way from, you know, 365 days. You know, we, we had everything that we needed to put in. It was, and, and it worked out really well, but we couldn't catalog in such a way that month to month it was, it was off. Right. So, uh, so we decided to do this other thing with the help of, of Marvin Williams. Wonderful Marvin Williams. We had set up this uh, Excel program. It's a, it's a sheet through Excel. Mm-hmm. And now we have this done in such a way that we can pull it up from anywhere. We can pull it up remotely from any laptop. And we can edit it and anyone can view it. And uh, it's broken down in such a way to where it happens exactly like we it, where we can read it exactly like we want to read it. So, uh, like I said, yeah. Long story short, um, it was a, it was a very stressful few moments, but we had managed to create this new system that was so much better. And I don't think we could have created the system unless I had failed. Right. First. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was and it was harsh at the time because because I'm I'm, I'm hard on myself about my failures, mm-hmm. but I realized that. We could not have created this this new system that works out so much better if mm-hmm. if we hadn't uh, failed the first time. Right. Yeah. So, what made you feel like that was like your failure? Like you you seem to like kind of have a heavy sense of ownership in mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, it seems to be tied up with like a process. So, can mm-hmm. you explain like in that moment, like why did you feel like that was a failure for you? I felt like it was a failure for me because this is something that because it's it's an important entity to me. This this whole Bear Essentials Food Pantry means an awful lot to me. Mm-hmm. I, it means a lot to me for what we do and for what we stand for and what we're able to provide. So and I, I like everything to to be clockwork, essentially. Everything to work fine, all the parts, all the pieces to fall into their place. Mm-hmm. And I have been given this responsibility from people that that really thought that I could do a good job. And because that they have set these expectations for me, if this is something that I can't live up to, it it really really bothered me that that I could not uh, do this job adequately. And and really, it it really wasn't something that was was really even a, a, a heavy failure. It wasn't something that mm-hmm. it, it's not like this is something that we could not recover from. Right. So 
Um, but it, it, it really affected me in such a way that, um, if, if it were something that I did not care about, then it wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Yeah. So, but this is something I care an awful lot about. So. Right. And something yeah. that was kind of like in your response, in your responsibility. Right. Right. That's exactly and right. And people had kind of trusted you with this thing, it seems like. Right. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's, yes. Yeah. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. And, uh. That's a great story. Thank you for yeah, well, yeah, sharing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So, Lauren, what about you? What's an example of a time that you've failed? Oh, out of the many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one I wanted to talk about was, um, so I, I came to UCA from seven hours away. I'm from mm-hmm. Springfield, Illinois. And the reason UCA came onto my radar was I was a physical therapy major. And after freshman year, I decided that that was not the path I wanted to continue on. And I wasn't really sure what path I wanted to continue on but me not being like not wanting to be a PT major anymore mm-hmm. I kind of felt like I had failed myself a little bit mm-hmm. just because you know I came seven hours here to um major in physical therapy and you know my parents were so proud of me that's mm-hmm. what they thought I wanted to do it's what I thought I, I wanted to do but sometimes stuff doesn't work out and so so what was that process like of like discovering that you didn't want to be a physical therapist um I just knew I didn't want to keep taking science classes for another three years. <laughs> it was the science classes. Yeah, I mean, it's not, they weren't horrible. It's just, it didn't interest me. Right. Like I no, thought I it totally would. get that. Like I yeah. thought it would at all. And so I just kind of went out on a whim. I was looking at, you know, talking to other people, girls in my sorority about their majors. And I um, kind of stumbled upon marketing and social media management. Mm-hmm. And it really, really interested me, um, especially because the social media marketing aspect of things is a huge growing industry. Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, now I'm a business major and I would not trade it for the world. I absolutely love marketing. It makes so much more sense. And I, I enjoy going to class. Mm-hmm. And so if I wouldn't have had, you know, that sort of failure revelation it was it's not really like technical like I think you know I failed at something but Mm -hmm. it was a feeling of like I had failed myself Mm -hmm. when I stopped doing PT but it's all for the better yeah if that makes sense no it it does and I'd I'd like to dissect that a little bit Uh, so like in a way you felt like you failed yourself yeah and is that because of like sort of like these old expectations that you had exactly, going into sort it. Of, you kind of like set yourself on a course. Mm-hmm. I had this, you know, whole plan mapped out for myself. You mm-hmm. know, four years undergrad of PT, three years the DPT school, and then I was going to have my doctorate of physical therapy, and that was just it. Yeah. And sometimes life had a different course for me, but it was so much better for me in the end. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's that's a really awesome example. And so like... You you said your your parents even kind of had some sort of expectation for you. Like, oh, what yeah. do you? Uh, how did they react? Um, what do what do they feel now? Things like that. Um, I think they're still a little sad that their, their daughter <laughs> isn't going to hold a doctorate of physical therapy degree, but they're also really proud of I think the strides I'm making, and they see how much happier I am mm-hmm. in what I'm doing. And um, you know, I just started a blog, and I'm going to be running our student success social media. Um, that's awesome. So I'm, you know, making all these strides towards what I want to do more so than just sitting in a chem class. And, yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. So, so like, what, proud of me. when did you let them know? Like, what was their reaction? Um, I think it was after I came down to school this year, maybe, or I think I did it over the summer, actually, when I was at home. I was like, hey, I've been looking into this. I'm going to go for it. And 
they didn't really know what it was at the time. So they were just like, okay, sure. But, you know, now I tell them all the time about, you know, what I'm doing for my marketing classes and what I'm doing here for our social media now for the Office of Student Success. So they're getting more of an idea of what it is I want to do, and I think they're really proud of me. That's awesome. That's really cool. Thanks. Well, so... In, just in broad stroke, what do you guys think that we can like learn from our failures? That we can learn that, that I, at least in my experiences, I feel like we can learn that, that this is probably the best way to, to learn something, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. I realize that success, um, as in doing something successfully to your liking, is, is great. You know, it's, it's wonderful. It's, um, it's, it's, it, it, it's the norm. It's what we should be doing, you know. So when we actually succeed, it's like, oh, okay, this is great. Something I hoped it would happen. It's something that usually happens because we don't fail all the time. However, but when we when we do fail, when I fail, um, I find that that those those are the hardest lessons to learn, and those are the lessons that are the the most deeply seated inside of mm-hmm. myself. I find that that failure. Um, has this this wonderful opportunity to teach us things that we would not otherwise uh, have learned by just succeeding if we do it right all the time. We never learn how to grow from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. We just keep thinking we're just going to keep doing the norm, doing the norm. But I really find that failure adds another dimension to us that is is priceless. Mm-hmm. You know, as as I get older, as I as I um, go through my college career, I'm starting to learn that that failure is um failure to me is learning to know when you're wrong learning to mm-hmm. know how to how to take that fall how yeah. to uh, how to how to pick yourself back up is is actually one of the most valuable lessons that you can learn in college yeah and you know like i think it's part of the process as well like any so i'm a history and philosophy major right so like any paper that i write mm-hmm. it seems like i'll set out to say one thing and then like you know part of the way through the paper in my outline hopefully in like my outlining stage, you know, um, it like, I'll just be overcome by evidence, you know, pointing me a different direction or something. And like my thesis fails me, you know what I mean? Like whatever I set out to say, it, it, you know, fails me at some point. And, uh, but it's part of the, it's part of the process. It's part of the writing process. It's part of the thinking process. It's, it's part of the process of life to fail. It's, it's like the way that we learn, you know, it's the way that we, better ourselves and better what we're doing you know it's the way that we grow for sure yeah absolutely it's it's failure is it's very important it's a very important part of the process it's kind of like going and exercising in a way you're you're breaking yourself down yeah to build yourself Mm -hmm. back yeah absolutely right absolutely and sometimes it's the things that like can hurt the most that make us that make us better Mm -hmm. you know I mean, you know, you were going to be a physical therapist, right? So that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a prime example of things that hurt the most. I, yeah, I had to do some physical therapy at one point in my life. I like messed my shoulder up, and yeah, you know, it hurts. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one likes the process, but it's that you know they have surgery, and the, what the physical therapist does is they make sure that they can come back from that. Right, and it's coming back from your failures mm-hmm. to get better. Yeah. Grow all over again. Grow back those muscles. Grow back your relationships. Grow academically. Mm-hmm. That's what we get through failure. Yeah, absolutely. That is growth. That yeah. Is the definition of growth. Yeah. yeah. And so should we be uh, afraid of failure? Or what makes us afraid of failure, I suppose? 
I'm not going to sit here and tell anyone not to be afraid of failure because <laughs> trust me, I am 100%. But I think also just keep in mind that, you know, what we've said this entire podcast is that there there's opportunity in a failure. Mm-hmm. And so you shouldn't hold back on your goals and hold, hold back um, – I think in anything with life just because you're afraid to fail because if you're going to do that then you're not really living yeah yeah for sure that was great Lauren I you know I was going to say oh yeah don't don't be afraid of failure but but yeah failure failure sucks yeah it does it does but um it's I see the the inherent good in it as well um I, I see the the ability to grow from that um and should we be afraid of failure? Well, I mean, how can you not be afraid of failure? Mm-hmm. But um, you also have to understand that with that comes the ability to to learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, and I think there's this uh, interesting notion of like you know being afraid of failure in insofar as like you know trying to avoid it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But then like also to what extent, right? Like you know when should we fear failure in such a way that like we don't set out to do new things because we're afraid to fail at them or we only, you know, we get, uh, we, we begin to just accept the norm, right. Of our life or whatever we're doing. We don't, we don't push ourselves. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I think it's, it's important not to be afraid of failure, you know? Um, but in another sense, like, I think that, you know, yes, of course, failure is never going to be something that is, very palatable for us you know it's not going to be something that's uh easy and um but we shouldn't let it hold us back does that make sense oh absolutely yeah i think if you're afraid to fail you might never try anything new Mm -hmm. so um like coming to college for example you might think that that you know uh, you might be afraid to go to college because you're afraid that you might do bad on a test or you might not get to meet anybody or you know it's it's going to be a, a, a solitary experience well, imagine how i felt coming from seven hours away right? <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right yeah. yeah so and we found out that there there might be some times where you don't where you know you're you're by yourself or you fail on a test or mm-hmm. something but mm-hmm. i found that college experience especially being much older and being around a lot of people who are a lot younger than i am uh, the college experience has been anything but those things. You know, we don't find college as being defined by fail tests or mm-hmm. by solitude or mm-hmm. something. You know, college is 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 actually uh, college is is success in the uh, in in the complete opposite of what failure is. If that makes any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. Especially right. in in the scope of it being a process. Like mm-hmm. I think a, in college, like there's many small failures that you face Mm -hmm. you know like even like my wife changed her major four times you know (laughs) like it took her a long time to figure out what she wanted to do but you know now she's a a third grade teacher and and she's failing more and more every day you know (laughs) (laughs) and so uh you know it's it is part of the process and like even just when you look back at like freshman year and you look back at you know, how well did you do? Like, how how apt were you at studying in your freshman year? How apt at were you at were you at writing papers? Like, Not. I look back at some of the, the old papers that I wrote, and I'm like, oh, dude, just no. <laughs> like, I can't believe that you're, you know, 
I trash myself, but the, it's like, you know, it took so many little failures to, to learn how to write, to totally. learn how to, you know, study and, and think and think critically about mm-hmm. things, mm-hmm. you know, getting better at taking tests, uh, writing better papers, mm-hmm. doing better at studying is, is, is kind of out of the process of not doing those things well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we don't automatically just come to college being the best test taker of all time. Right. So uh, we're, we're not all A students when we first get started here at college. Mm-hmm. So uh, I find that the best work comes from um, learning from my past mistakes, especially when it comes to taking tests. Oh, so for sure. Learning how to study better. You know, your first test is always the hardest one, yeah. and then you get better in, even in just one class. Mm-hmm. You know, first class you make it, first test, 86, next one, 88, next yes. one, yeah. 90. It just progressively gets better and better because you're, learning from those failures not even if it was a failure and 86 isn't a failure by mm-hmm. any means but you're just learning how to take those tests and how to well and even just even just the professor's expectations mm-hmm. you know like every professor has like a slightly different expectation on like you know how you should write or like their tests are a little bit different and in a way you have to kind of get to know the professor before you do well in their class <laughs> no for you know? sure and so I, that's in its own way like a failure of you know you might have come into the class with certain tools and certain expectations that don't quite meet up to what the professor expects, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah, I think there's also like a, uh, a notion of, you know, fear of failure as like being afraid in the moment of mm-hmm. failure. And I think that that, you know, a lot of people have had like kind of traumatic failure events that, really do bog them down and and make them look back and be hesitant to do things. And so like what advice would you have for someone who is you know experiencing a failure or who looks back to a failure in their life that they just can't get over like maybe they gave up, you know, their dream job or something. Maybe they maybe they didn't get into the college that they wanted or something like that. You you can't let it hold you back because once you determine that this is something that that you don't want to do, then you're going to start. I, I find that if, if you determine that it's something that you don't want to do based on the past failure, then you're going to be more apt to want to turn down that again or similar experiences. Mm-hmm. So, until eventually you're you're turning down everything because you're afraid to fail at it. So, and um, that's okay. I mean, when we learn how to ride a bike, you know, when we take off the training wheels, we're going to fall off. Mm-hmm. So. And um, that that fear and, and hesitancy is 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 not what define you. What defines you? It's it's how you were able to to pick yourself back up. Mm. It's it's how you learn from this failure. Is, is what really drives you, and it defines you too. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I agree. I mean, life is too short to sit around and be scared to try again. Totally. You can you. You have all your whole life to keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. It's a gift. Yeah. So don't hold back just because you failed once or even twice or three times. It's a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And like even just like even for me, like I and I talked about, you know, a little bit uh, of this in the last podcast, but I wrestled in high school and uh, my my senior year at the state at the state tournament um i was uh facing a guy and we were i was we were um wrestling to see who was going to place in the tournament and i was kind of beating the i was kind of beating the socks off of him for a while 
And then, like, at the very end of the tournament, or at the very end of the match, he, like, flipped me on my back and got enough points to beat me uh, right at the very end. And that was the last match of my wrestling career. You know, I was out of the tournament at that point. And so it was. it's one of those things that, like, you know, it was like, that's a failure that, like, I, I don't, I, there's no coming back from that in a way. Like, I don't get to have that over again. And I also, like, I never wrestle anymore, you know? <laughs> and so in a way it's not, you know, I had several failures up to that point to be like, okay, this is a learning process for me to get better at wrestling. But that one in a way, it's, it's, it's a different sort of thing. It's, it's hard to palette in some sense because it almost seems pointless, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think that those sorts of failures like in themselves can be a way of growing as a person. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it can be part of like looking back and seeing the importance of things. Like I look back at that, at my wrestling career and I, and I, most of the time I don't think of like, you know, my record as a wrestler or the matches that I want or anything like that. Those things aren't very important to me. What, what is important is like, the relationships that I built, I built on the team with people and the, the friendships that I have and the, you know, the, the people that I, uh, whose lives I, I touched and whose lives touched me and, and things like that, you know, and in that way, I think that failure is always a, a perspective, right? Like, you know, you might look at my, my wrestling career and, and think, oh, you, you were a failed wrestler, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but, you know, I, I wasn't a failed teammate, you know, I wasn't a failed friend. I Mm -hmm. wasn't a failed, uh, you know, brother in, in the, in my team, you know, and those things are more important to me than the, than the match, my last, you know, Mm -hmm. last match of my senior year. And so I think that's always important to keep in mind that, even when a failure does seem hopeless, uh, does seem pointless, I tend to think that it's still doing something. It's still doing something in you that's going to grow you, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So. I completely agree with that. So um, it's, it's always furthering you in some kind of way. And mm-hmm. I like that, too. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good mantra to think. It's humbling. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, uh, with that, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for joining me. Thank you for um, having us. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun getting to know you guys. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see you next time. All right, so we are back with the uh, Failed It podcast. And we are here to talk about some failure, I suppose. And so let's just go around and introduce ourselves really quick. I am... Michael Dover. Um, I am a history and philosophy major. Hello, I am Alex Wakis. I am um, a, a religious studies and computer science double major. And I'm Leah Fisher. I'm a communication sciences and disorders major pre-OT. Very cool. And we are all seniors, correct? Yes. yes. And so on our way out. Yeah, we're about to duck out and uh, didn't fail at one thing, at least. At least not yet. I mean, who knows? I don't know what you guys are doing this last semester, but hopefully we'll pass all of our classes here, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so let's just jump into it. Um, 
What is failure to you guys? Do you want to take it first? Sure. Um, I, to me, failure, I don't know, it's like you set these expectations for yourself, whether it's, you know, in school or just in life, you know, your morals, your goals, um, whatever it may be. Um, I think failure would be just to um, ignore that and leave everything that you've set for yourself, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm just breaking from those expectations and... um, and just having to cope with that. Um, so, yeah, to me, that's what failure would be. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that, right, it's always going to be outcomes set up against some sort of expectation, mm-hmm. some sort of, like, standard. Right. And um, perhaps that is not meeting that standard, um, falling short of that in some way. Um, yeah. Yeah. Kind of summarize it. No, I understand. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Uh... It's like when you're running upstairs and then all of a sudden just like slip and try <laughs> and yeah, hit your face. You thought you were going to make it, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, in front of all your closest friends and family. And right. Then you have to just explain how you meant to do that, you know. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I totally understand. Um, and so what's an example of failure in, in you guys' life? Um, so is this the story? Sure, yeah. You, okay. can, you can tell the story. If you so uh, for me... Um, my, I grew up uh, with a father who very much prioritized uh, money as like a goal, like it being very important. It was very much like priority-wise, um, very significant in, a, in conversation a lot, especially going into college. Um, and so that was something that he wanted, you know, to be one of my goals, and definitely did become in some way one of my standards uh, that I had for myself was um, going towards a career that would, you know, financially uh, provide well for me, and. Um, like I said, I am now, uh, I am a religious studies major as well as the computer science. Um, I started off as computer science, um, wanting to do that. And then along the way, I took some courses in religious studies and realized, okay, I actually look really like this. There's a lot going on there that um, I enjoy. And then I realized uh, more recently that I would actually rather pursue the religious studies for a career, go on to you know, grad school and eventually become a professor. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to going into the computer science field. Um, and the difference there, the big thing, is that the money in the religious studies, you know, being a professor is not as good as it could be uh, compared to uh, going into computer science. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more job opportunities there and mm-hmm. everything. Um, With that taken into account, like, what drove you to religious studies? Like, why did you choose that over right. computer and science? So it comes down to, like, how much I enjoy it. Like, I feel like it's more meaningful work. Mm-hmm. If I were to be a professor, I would be, you know, impacting people's lives um, mm-hmm. and, you know, helping, you know, them shape themselves in a way um, that I think is more uh, meaningful, at least for me, than going into working for some, you know, coding company and doing these projects that other people are telling me to do. I wanted to have the autonomy, you know, the, the choice, um, and that was really important for me. Um but with that, though, is the sacrifice of the standards of, you know, making a lot of money. Um, and it's kind of a double-edged sword in a way that to even get into the field is much more um, of an investment than getting into the CS field. Um, to have to go to more, more and more schooling, um, to go into debt doing that, uh, and then to have enter a job market that is highly competitive, um, very hard to get into. Um, and so it became, whenever I realized I wanted to do this, that I needed to talk to my father about that. And um, I was pretty hesitant to approach him with it, 
I felt like I would be letting him down because he very much would prioritize, you know, he wouldn't, you know, he would be like ashamed. He would think like, I'm not uh, doing what's best for me. Um, that I, I would be letting him down because I would not be going into the job market that he thought I was going to go into. Um, and it unfortunately was still a big part of the conversation was mm -hmm. like, okay, you realize this is not going to be financially like um, very comfortable, like things could get really bad. Um, ultimately, um, I think he was understanding. And uh, what I realized with that whole you know ordeal was that while in some ways it was a failure um, to the standards of you know financial um, uh, comfort, it wasn't um, a failure in that my, it was a different set of priorities. Mm -hmm. Is that? Oh, yeah. I was going to ask. Did you do you think it was more of like a fear of failure from your dad's perspective, or was it more of failing to not recognize what you wanted? So I think part of it was realizing what are my standards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The standards that I wanted for myself, the, the priorities I had, were not the same as what he had. Mm -hmm. In some ways, it's still very impactful. Like he definitely shaped my priorities, but I realized that it, you know, the money was not as high of a priority as the, mm -hmm. um, you know, meaningful work that I would right. be doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And do you like? Do you feel like you've uh, essentially failed your father? now or has he kind of come to terms with it as like you feel like you've been true to yourself right does he see that now or right so I think in some ways he um definitely understands mm -hmm. um and it, it's not like it's um a big topic of like contention or anything I think he ultimately um is going to be supportive but he is very worried um in a way and I think that is still what goes on as far as I feel like I definitely in some ways, it's weird that I do feel like there was a failure in a way of not um, doing what he wanted, uh, in a sense. And I know ultimately he would want me to do what I want, but um, that still, I think he is kind of um, not the happiest about it, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I understand. That can, uh, that can be tough. And so, like, how did you, how did you deal with that? Like, right. how have um, you kind of worked through to um, kind of cope with that failure from one perspective? Um, you know, what's, what's kind of helped you overcome with that? Or even be optimistic about going to grad school and uh, pursuing what you love? Mm -hmm. um, I think that I've just had to realize it's, it's a different perspective. It's a different set of standards. And so failure from the one lens is not necessarily failure from another. Um, and so in one way, it is perhaps a failure of going into the, um, like, uh, very lucrative, um, highly, uh, like, wanted, you know, like, there's plenty of job opportunity in the computer science field. Um, failure perhaps to go for that goal of, you know, monetary, um, a monetary career. But in another way, it's uh, a success in wanting to do what I want, like, have work that I think is going to be, like, significant and meaningful. And I think that was, like, pretty eye-opening for me in realizing, okay, so it's not necessarily a failure. It depends on how you look at it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. Well, Leah, what about, what about you? What's an example of failure for you? Well, um, I came here to UCA um, kind of in the middle of the semester of 2017 in the spring. Um, I was very intimidated just 
by UCA in general because I came from a small community college back in Kansas and so I was very new to the environment um, and I decided to um, pursue going to occupational therapy school and so I knew there was going to be a lot of challenging courses and um, just a lot of bumps along the road just because I knew it was going to be a lot of hard work um, but I did have to take anatomy here at UCA and um, you know, going through throughout the semester, yeah, I wasn't getting A's, but I was working really hard, um, and I was and I was okay with that. Um, but as the semester kind of drew towards the end, um, I was studying for one of our last you know tests right before um, finals week, and in my mind, I think I just. I don't know, it was kind of a procrastination moment of, okay, I've already, you know, I, I'm looking at this content, not really reading it, I'm studying with my friends, you know, having little side conversations, and in my mind to me, I was, you know, just lying to myself, mm -hmm. you know, I've studied, Leah, you're ready, <laughs> uh, but when I, so when I finally went in to take the test, um, I just sat there, and I was like, oh my gosh, this, I, I'm going to be failing this test, like, there's no way, there's no way I'm coming back from this, mm -hmm. and so... Um, I don't know, I guess, like, after that, I think that kind of reality, that just kind of gave me a reality check of, like, okay, you need to realize, like, what are your priorities? Um, is OT school, like, is this something you want to do? Um, but also allowing myself to be human, like, mm -hmm. I did, you know, I worked really hard for the most of the semester, and I think that's also kind of what led me into, like, relaxing a little bit, like, you know what, I've put in a lot of hard work, I should be fine. Um, but I don't know, I think just that failure in general, you know, it wasn't the end of the world, but it kind of was like, oh, I really need to realize, is this what I want to do? Like, there's going to be a lot more courses in the future that are probably going to be just as hard. So, um, I don't know, it was, it's not something I liked, but it was needed mm -hmm. just to kind of, you know, I knew from that point on I needed to gear down and persevere and do as much as possible to succeed. So Yeah. So in a way the failure kind of made you better. Oh yeah, right? for sure. You say that. Yeah. And yeah. I think for me, like personally, I just I set very high expectations for myself mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, if I don't get an A, you know, you failed. Which is not true. I mean, right. realistically, B students, they probably work twice as hard mm -hmm. as A students, to be honest. I mean, I don't know. I, I think failure's needed sometimes. So Yeah. 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 So out of your examples, so like what is some advice that you guys would have for someone who's just experienced a major fail or something like that? So related to the story I had told is it definitely comes down to what are your standards? What is your goals? What are your priorities? Mm -hmm. And um, in what way are you not meeting those? Is this something that perhaps it's not necessarily a priority for yourself and so you feel like you're failing someone else? And then you should ask, like, is that something that you want to be a priority for yourself or not? Um, mm -hmm. yeah. But with that, it's also, yes, it's good to have people around you that will encourage you and kind of help, you know, hold you accountable to the goals right. that you mm -hmm. want to pursue. Um, I think, like, also it's important to remember, um, I don't know, just knowing your goals Um and being okay, and don't fear failure. And I know it's so much easier said than done, but I mean, once you go through that, you know, whatever it may be, I feel like you come out like ready to go for like the next, you know, obstacle. Um, it kind mm -hmm. of, it, I feel like failure teaches you how to like have grit and just persevere and bounce back. Yeah. Um, so just kind of being accept, you know, accept the failure, but mm -hmm. 
don't take it to heart, move on. You don't want to dwell on it. So. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's absolutely incredibly instrumental in shaping uh, you as a person. Is mm-hmm. you learn. Um, if you're failing, but you're learning, then there's at least you know there's a lot of progress right. in that failure in what you can learn from that. Right. There's mm-hmm. something going on there. Yeah. You know, you're not just failing and then like staying down. Yeah. You know. Right. It's like, not wasted right. opportunity. Right. Every time you fail, you get a chance to learn something new yeah. and, and become better. Um, so what would y'all say about, like, being afraid to fail? Like, I know a lot of times people kind of will, uh, they'll, like, start something, or they'll, they'll be hesitant to do something because they're afraid to fail. They, they mm-hmm. might be hesitant to, you know, take the harder classes or, you know, try to start the projects or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there, I think there can be a, feel of, a fear of failure. What would y'all say? to someone who's facing something like that? Hmm. So in your example, it might be something like, you know, somebody might be afraid to pursue a doctorate because the right. job mm-hmm. prospects are horrible right now, yeah. right? Or the uh, the chances of getting in are, you know, extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. And so, like, what would you say to that person? I think um, a lot of the sort of... Um, like fear of failure can come at seeing perhaps an obstacle is too much to overcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, or in another way, like it is going against a certain set of values of, you know, goals. Um, And it comes back to asking yourself, what sorts of goals do you want? And um, then look at the obstacle that you are, you know, perhaps afraid of, you know, doing or trying to accomplish um, and seeing how can you go about approaching it? Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of break it down into less intimidating, you know, obstacles. Um, and even then, if you know failure by whatever standard you have does happen, again, try to like learn from that. Mm-hmm. See why failure by your standards happened, and how can you get something from it? And mm-hmm. how could perhaps that help you in the future? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's important too. I mean, I guess for someone who, you know, is fearful of failing, um, I think setting realistic goals, um, like instead of looking at it as this giant monster, like, oh, I can never do this, you know, I don't want to fail. I mean, if you realistic look, realistic look, look at it, uh, <laughs> sorry, that was real hard. Um, just making, you know, those small goals, having those little objectives, those like over time being consistent with those, I feel like mm-hmm. once you get there, it's like, oh, like I was fine. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, just accepting like you're human and it's going to happen. And, yeah. But what's the worst that could happen, you know? Um, I don't know. I feel like we're at such an age where we're all pressured to feel, to be like the perfect student. Mm-hmm. But if we look at it realistically, like, okay, if I just set, you know, this week I'm going to study an hour every day for this class or mm-hmm. I'm going to put my phone away or I'm going to study by myself without my friends. Like just making those little things are going to be huge. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. That's really good advice. I think the only people who never fail, never try, you know? Right. Yeah. And so it's important to overcome that fear. Um, especially with something like, you know, going to college or, you know, just thinking more of yourself, you mm-hmm. know, like thinking that you can, pursue your dream career, pursue, yeah. uh, you know, what it is that you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. You know, you're never going to get there if you don't overcome that fear and just mm-hmm. go for it. And realizing right. that like failure is potentially a part of anything. And in many mm-hmm. cases it's absolutely necessary. Right. And so yeah. to fear it is to fear uh, growth, yeah. fear, um, 
like being able to develop and uh, learn from uh, those mm-hmm. moments. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I even think back to like, I mean, if you think back to like fails you had in high school, right? Like they're like not even recognizable now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, not getting like not getting first string on the football team or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's yeah. like, I just don't care about that anymore. You know, I, yeah. Like that was like, you know, soul crushing back then, but yeah. it's like, now it's like, Oh, you know, I, I never play football. <laughs> what, what good was that? Yeah. You know? And so, and then you can look at and, you know, take that perspective that, you know, in this amount of time since then that that has become less of a significant failure for you Mm -hmm. um then you know how recent does something need to be that you realize okay that like that failure isn't something to like let me weigh me down and Mm -hmm. so you can even eventually turn that lens onto what you have in front of you and say i should not let the potential of failure um like obstruct me from you know working towards this goal of trying Mm -hmm. to do whatever it is you're working towards right yeah and i also think like our failures can help guide us in a way Mm -hmm. like i mean going back to a high school example it was like i was bad at football right and I found that out because I kind of you know failed at it (laughs) but like then I uh the school opened it up like a wrestling a wrestling team and I was a I was you know better at wrestling I'm not gonna say I was like but I was much better at wrestling and I enjoyed that I followed that through to my senior year uh doing that and you know I think in many ways like that that failure of you know, not making first string or whatever. It, mm-hmm. it, like, gave me an idea of, like, okay, what's realistic for me? Like, what do I like? Because where I lived, uh, football was like, if you didn't play football, you you weren't anything, you know? Absolutely. Like, I'm sure many people yeah. experience yeah. that. It's like, oh, if you're not playing football, then who the heck are you? You're not part of the in crowd. You're not mm-hmm. part of anything. You know, our whole school was built around football. And so, like, quitting the football team was something that, like, was very formative for me because it was like, oh, I'm doing this to go pursue something that I actually want to do, mm-hmm. that I actually enjoy, and that I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And so I think that sometimes failures can help us like think about, okay, what am I good at? What do, what do I actually enjoy doing? Am mm-hmm. I doing this for someone else? Yeah. You know, maybe the reason that I you know am failing at math is because I hate math. And maybe I shouldn't pursue a math major, you know, like something like that. Mm -hmm. But maybe I love philosophy or, you know, religious studies and maybe I should, you know, give that a shot, you know. And so, well, cool. Well, thank you guys for joining me today. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having us. Hopefully we'll see you next time, I guess. But (laughs) uh, All right.